Turn please in the scriptures to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and let's pray and believe the Lord. Now you've been eating turkey, but let's eat some word. Jesus said, man shall not live by turkey alone, (laughs) or dressing, or well, there's bread and dressing, right? Bread alone. But by what? What do you need besides natural food? Every word that comes or proceeds out of the mouth of God, your spirit needs to be fed. And that's really more important than your body being fed. And one, I believe it was Brother F.F. F. Bosworth, author of the book, Christ the Healer, Uh, said uh, it's no wonder so many people are so spiritually weak or anemic. They feed their body three hot squares a day, but they try to get by on one cold snack a week spiritually. (laughs) Well, depending on where you get fed, it can be a, a cold snack or no snack. You know, not just anything will feed your spirit. Listening to the right thing will nourish you up in the words of faith, and your faith will be built. Listening to the wrong thing can actually rob you of your faith and take faith out of you and take spiritual strength out of you. As Jesus said, take heed. We might say, watch out what you hear. And then also said, take heed, watch out how you hear. There are Things that are preached and taught, not just in in church, but in university, in school, things that people say, commentators and politicians, whoever, that are absolutely poisonous. Like you would eat something that would make your body terribly sick or kill you. There are things spiritually that are poisonous. And if you eat them, You don't cease to exist spiritually, but you can become uh, terribly anemic and you can become so weak that you just have no faith and no vision. It's important to get fed spiritually. And that's what church, that's a big part of what church is about. The pastor is to lead and to feed. Feed what? Not hamburgers and hot dogs. Feed what? As newborn babes, he said, desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. Babies need to be fed. Immediately they need to be fed. When they come into this world, straight away they need nutrition. They can't eat steak. They need milk. But then as soon as they grow enough, they need some solid food to keep on developing and to become a fully developed human being. Well, spiritually, you need to be fed. And it's sad that so many people do not know that, do not discern that, do not understand that. And uh, they think they're doing okay. But when a problem hits and when some kind of trial or test or issue in their life, you will see they immediately crumble. They just fold. They just, for lack of a better word, they freak out. They just throw up their hands. They're hopeless. Why? They have no faith. They have no vision. They have no strength. 
because they hadn't been fed. They have not been built up. And the enemy will wait until you're weak to hit you. It's the best time. Have you ever noticed? People say, it seems like when it rains, it pours. Well, that's not an accident. The enemy will do it that way. He will watch you while you don't go to church and you don't read your Bible and you don't pray and he'll wait and just think, okay, just keep on, keep on. And he'll, uh, he'll wait till you don't know how weak you are. But if you were smart, you would keep the enemy of your soul waiting. Because instead of getting weaker every day and week, you'd be getting stronger and instead of getting closer to a place where it's opportune for him to hit you, you just keep getting stronger. You just keep getting further away from something he can easily overcome. Amen. Keep him waiting. Ready to eat? 1 Corinthians 2. Let's eat some 1 Corinthians. And then for your next course, we'll have some James. <laughs> And then I think we will finish eventually with some Ephesians a la mode. Is that okay? <laughs> Somebody say, yum, yum. <laughs> it really is true. Job said this. He said, the ear tastes or tries words like the tongue tastes food. And we even use the same language. You hear something good, you go, mm, mm, mm. man, that's good. Well, it's because you're tasting it with your ears. And if you get it in your mind and you meditate on it, that's chewing. That's spiritual chewing. Think about it. Think about it. What's going to happen if you chew it enough? You're going to swallow it. And when you swallow it, it gets in your spirit. And that's how it can become a part of you. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter and the fourth verse, he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Somebody say power. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you need to have faith in the power of God? And old friend, when things arise, needs, challenges, attacks, it'll be evident what your faith is in. If your faith well, let me say it like this. If you are overwhelmed, if somebody fails you, if somebody's teaching or their words was shown to be a problem or not right, or somebody that you looked up to fails and lets you down, lets themselves down, if you come apart when that happens, then your faith was not in the power of God. Your faith was in what they knew. Come on, can you see this? In their wisdom, their understanding, whether it was your denominations, 
uh, understanding or convictions or your friend or your pastors or your parents or whoever it was. But friend, in order to be safe and secure, we need to get our eyes off of a man, off of a woman. Is that right? How smart they are, what we think they are, and get your faith in the power of God. Now, friend, if your faith is really in the power of God, you're set. You're going to be unshakable. No matter what comes or what changes, what's good or what's bad, because the power of God is unconquerable. It cannot be overwhelmed. It is never going to fade out or weaken. How many remember the scripture says, with him there is no weariness. Is that right? He never gets tired. God never leans over on one knee on his throne and goes, whew, this bunch is wearing me out. He doesn't get tired. Hallelujah. What, what are we talking about faith in the power? You're talking about, I mean, people, they try to separate so-called religion from the real world. And that's a big mistake. If what you believe, if you don't see it in the real world, then you're off. What is the power of God? The power of God is the same power that's causing our sun to burn right now. The The power of God is the same power that's causing gravity. To hold your feet on the floor. The power of God is the same power that's keeping us together on an atomic scale. Why do our parts keep circling each other and do we remain cohesive? Why don't we just fly apart? And why doesn't the earth just fly apart? And why doesn't the solar system just fly apart? The scripture said, all things are upheld. Our one translation talks about held together. It means cohesive. All things are held together by the power of God. Now you can have faith in education. You can have faith in someone's philosophy and intellect, you can have faith in a political group or party or in a natural nation or in might or strength or brain or brawn or beauty or money. But all of those things sooner or later are going to let you down. Sooner or later. Probably sooner. They're going to fail you. They're not going to be enough. Why? Because they are not eternal. They are not eternally sustained. Come on, raise your sights up higher. Quit looking to other men and women. Quit relying on the arm of flesh. Quit relying on somebody's puny brain. They're pitiful little philosophies contrary to the Almighty. Somebody say, I have faith. In the power of God. God. Oh friend, when you really do, it throws an anchor out. 
that anchors your soul. And no matter how the winds blow and the waves rise, you will be unmoved. You'll be unscathed. You will have your house built on the rock. And when the wind quits blowing and the wave comes back down, you'll be standing there. Because you're standing on the word of God, which is the manifestation of the power of God. All things are upheld by the power of his word. Say it again. I have faith. I don't look to flesh. My faith is not in other men. My faith is not just in myself. My faith is not in knowledge. Our strength, our money. My faith is in the unchanging, unfailing power of God. Power of God. I have faith in the power of God. It'd help you just go around the rest of the evening and say that. Tomorrow, when it crosses your mind, just say it out loud. I have faith. In the power of God. That's what my faith is in. How are you going to make it? God's going to sustain me. By his power. He's going to get me what I need. By his power. How am I going to be healed? By his power. How am I going to pay my bills? By his power. Right? I can do all things. Not through me. Not through you. But through him. The anointed one. Who strengthens me with his power. Somebody say thank you Lord. Ephesians 3.20. Don't have to turn there. But Ephesians 3.20 says. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding. Abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. Now just stop right there. Is there more than you've known what to ask? Is there more than you've thought about? There's more. There's much more available. There's much more in God. There's much more for us than what we've even thought about or are new to ask for. But the Lord's able to do it even though we didn't know to ask for it. Even though it was bigger than what we knew to think about. He's able to do it. How's he able to do it? According to the power that's where? Where is it? Where is it? It's not in heaven. The power that's working in us. If God is in you, if greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, if the greater one's in you, he's not in there without his power. Is he? Is he in you? Then power's in you. Somebody say power's in me. Now see, it's not your power. It's not your power. It's his power. But he's in you. Hallelujah. Say it again. I have faith in the power of God. Now go with me to James, please. The fourth chapter. Told you we'd have some James. James chapter four. And let's see down about verse uh, seven. Submit yourselves to God. 
Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Two of the most important things you could ever learn in this life is what to yield to and what to resist. Now that's a short statement. Didn't take long to say it, but I'm telling you, there's people all over the earth right now yielding to stuff they should be resisting. And resisting things they should be yielding to. You got folks resisting God. Rebelling against what he said. Rebelling against people he put over them to lead them and help them. And then you got folks that are yielding to poverty and confusion and disease and saying, well, the Lord brought this here. No, the Lord didn't bring that there. He's supposed to be resisting that. Do you need to know what to stand against and what to give place to? Give place to God. Submit to God. Yield to him. Don't fight him. Don't resist him. Yield to him. But when the devil shows up, that's where you can take out your rebellion. When the devil shows up, that's when you can say, no, 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 ain't going to do it. You can't make me. Put all your attitude right there. You want to rebel? Rebel against the devil, not against God. You want to resist? Refuse? Be stubborn? Be stubborn with him. (laughs) Not the Lord. Keep reading. Draw nigh to God. What will happen? And he will draw nigh to you. How many heard that verse before already? Is it the truth? Can you take it as the word of the Lord for yourself personally? That if I will draw nigh to him, what can I expect? As soon as I do that, what can I expect? He will draw nigh to me. Now, uh, the Amplified says it like this. Come close to God. And what will he do? He will come close to you. We don't usually say draw nigh. You didn't say, I, well, I'm standing in line, but I'm drawing nigh to the cashier here. <laughs> Ooh, I drew near to that Buick when I pulled up to the intersection. No, you got close to it. I'm getting closer. That's how we talk nowadays. So the Lord is saying, if you come close to me, I'm going to respond to you. You move towards me. I'm going to move towards you. Now, where does this start? With him moving closer to us or us moving closer to him? See, people sometimes think they're waiting on him. But we're not waiting on him. We're not waiting on God to move. He's already moved. And what a move it was. He moved in Jesus. You talking about coming close to us? The Son of God came from heaven. Hallelujah. How close did he get? He became a man. You can't get any closer than that. How close did he get to our situation? He bore on himself, in himself, my sin and your sin. You can't get any closer than that. And he paid the price for it with his own blood, with his own life. We're not waiting on him to move. 
Now he says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door, I'll come in. In other words, if you want to be close to me, I will be close to you. But we got a world full of folks who don't care. The invitation is there, but they don't really want it. And the sad thing is, there's a lot of folks have seen some things about him, and they don't like what they saw. They don't, they don't want to live the way he wants them to live. They don't want it. But most of those folks are not here tonight. <laughs> but you are. I said you are. Why? We want to be close. Oh, somebody say, I want to be close. I, I want to know him. Well, what's this got to do with the power of God? Well, where, where's the power come from? Him. He is the source of the power. And so you want to see more power manifested? You know what you need to do? Get closer to the power source. And the closer to the power source you get, the more of the power you're going to feel and sense and experience. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, when they launch the shuttle, there's a lot of thrust comes out of that thing. Oh, man. Talk some about power. And so they, they back everybody way off so they don't get burnt to a crisp. <laughs> but how many would understand that the closer you got to that thing when it fired off, the more you're going to feel it. Is that right? I've, uh, I've just been close to my, my cousins were drag racers. And uh, you get close to a, a thousand horse uh, big block on a boat or, or a car. When they fire it up, you don't just hear it. You feel it. I mean, you, you do. You feel the, the concussion. Uh, standing behind a, well, it's been a year or two ago now, a guy's boat that had a pair of thousand horse engines in it. He fired them up. Boat was over there. I was over here on the on the dock. I felt it when he fired it up. Why? I'm close to the power. <laughs> now, if I wanted to feel more of it, what should I do? You get a little closer, you can smell the fumes. Is that right? You get a little closer, you feel the heat. Is that right? You get a little closer, your eyebrows get singed. Why? You're close to the power. Is that right? Close to the power. We're talking about faith in the power. A lot of folks have no faith in the power. They're not going to try to get close to the source of the power because they don't even believe the source exists. They got no respect for it. But if you believe it, you believe God is real, and you believe He really is God, and if He's God, he created the heavens and the earth. You talk about power, it's off the chart. Is that right? <laughs> and the scripture said, seek and you shall find. You endeavor to get closer to him, you can't help 
but get closer to the power. Because he didn't go anywhere without his power. Oh, somebody say thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the big things that makes hell, hell, is that you are separated from him, from God, and from his power and his glory. Listen to uh, 2 Thessalonians 1. You don't have to turn there. But 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 8. It talks about vengeance and flaming fire on those that don't know God. And those that choose not to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now see that's. He's not just talking about ignorance. They didn't know why. They didn't want to know. They chose not to obey. Verse 9. They'll be punished with what? Everlasting destruction from what? From the presence of the Lord. Keep reading. And the glory of his power. What is heaven? Heaven. If you read in the Revelation. It talks about that uh, the new city. The new Jerusalem. The new heaven and new earth. Doesn't need a sun. Doesn't need a star. Well we know stars. Eventually burn out. Something's going to happen to our sun. It's foretold. In Revelation. It's going to turn black. How many of that, that would not be a good thing. If the sun turns black. That's bad. Right? And it talks about that the earth here. The surface is going to melt. With fervent heat. Well, something's going to happen to our star. Now, I don't know when that is. And you don't. And the guy that wrote the book and said he did? No. Doesn't? No, either. <laughs> but it's going to happen sometime. But the new heavens and the new earth, that's never going to happen because we're not dependent on a natural star. The Bible said the Lamb Himself is the light. Just being that close to him gives you light. All the time. Well, just being all the thousands and thousands of miles that we are from our star, you step out in the middle of the day, can you feel it? (laughs) Oh, brother. I was down there south of the equator a few days ago. I felt it, brother. You step outside, the sweat comes off. You feel that the rays. And you know, we we only see part of the spectrum of the light, and we're not feeling everything that's hitting us and going through us. But you can sure feel it, can't you? You can feel you can feel it on your face, you can feel it on your skin, you can feel it with the, the warmth and everything. Why? Well, just like there's a S-U-N, there's a S-O-N. Hallelujah. And the Son of Righteousness has arisen. And the Bible said there's healing in His wings. Now that word wings is a little, it's, it's King James's, it's talking about beams. Hallelujah. Just like the sun radiates beams. The sun, S-O-N, radiates healing. Glory to God. You get a a suntan, you might get burnt. You get a S-O-N tan, you get healed. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many think we need to learn how, uh, you know, to get a suntan, you got to take off your outer clothes, get down to your swimsuit or whatever. Well, to get a S-O-N tan, you take off all your tradition and, and all your junk and all your hype. and Is that right? And lay your heart bare and draw close to him and you'll immediately begin to feel the warm rays. Hallelujah. Of his love and his life and his healing. Isn't that his power? We're still talking about his power. His power. Whew. This is good eating. It feeds your spirit. Builds you up. Thank you Lord. I can't take credit for it. He gave me the recipe. And he gave me the ingredients. Right? And the Holy Spirit holds my hand and helps me cook it and serve it. So I really can. Really, I'm, his, I'm the chef's assistant. I guess is what you could say. <laughs> but it's good to eat either way. Is that right? Don't you think so? Go with me to the book of Luke. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. You're going to Luke chapter 5. He said those that are lost are going to be punished with destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That makes hell hell right there. Is that you are not around God. You are not with love. You're not with light. You're not with life. I'm not going to hell. How about you? I'm not going. I don't have to. And I'm not going to. Hmm? It's not based on my works. It's based on faith in what he's done. Hallelujah. And he's told me if I won't turn loose of him, he won't turn loose of me. So I'm not going there. I'm coming closer to him. I'm believing to walk closer with him while I'm down here. I'm walking with him by faith. I don't see the master. I don't see the father on the throne. I'm walking with him by faith. His spirit's presence at times, but it's a by faith proposition. But faith pleases God. But this is very, very temporary. Because soon and very soon... I'm, I'm going to come all the way into his physical presence. How many think when we leave this old body and we sail out of here and we leave earth's atmosphere and we streak across the cosmos that the closer we get to our father do you reckon we'll feel something? <laughs> I guess over the generations, it'd be hundreds of thousands and millions of examples of people that have died and come back. And you hear some of the very same stories. Have you heard them? Uh What do they do? They see light. They see light. People say, I see a light. Well, of course you do. God is. (laughs) He's light. Right? I saw a light. 
And they talk about how bright it is and how wonderful it is. And then they feel love. Well, of course you do. (laughs) Because God is love. And the closer you get to him, the brighter it gets. And here's the thing. Out of your body, it's not going to hurt your eyes. You won't need any goggles. They say, don't look at the sun. Don't look at the sun. Well, once you get free from this, you can look straight at the sun. S-O-N. Hallelujah. You can come right into the Father's presence. What's it going to feel like? The closer you get, you're going to be lit up like a light bulb yourself. (laughs) And the wonderful thing is you can take it. Because you have been recreated into a new creature. Hallelujah. Into his likeness and image. You're part of him. You belong with him. And what's his is coming back to him. And it's going to be with him. Forever. And ever. And ever. What a glorious future. What we have to look forward to. That alone can get you through some challenging places down here. Because you remind yourself, hey, hey, I can handle this. This is just a few more days. Right? I, I can get through this. I can deal with this. But the good news is, you can actually get closer to him tonight. Now, you're not going all the way. I don't, I don't think. <laughs> if you do, we'll celebrate your homegoing service. But, <laughs> but probably most of us are not going all the way tonight. And yet, and yet, you can get closer to him tonight. We're not waiting on him. The invitation is what? Come closer to me then what's going to happen he said I will come closer to you whose move is it it's not his move so you got people all over in the church world waiting on God to move but so much of this is not his move it's our move and he you can be as close to him as you want to be. If you never have any time. To draw near. Then you won't be as close. He loves you. You love him. But it's a long distance relationship. And you know it's one thing. To talk on the phone twice a month. With somebody that you care about. But it's another thing. To be in their presence. And the more you care about somebody. The more you want to be in the presence. And the closer you want to be. Well the truth is. The more we care about God. The more we want to be in his presence. And the more we seek. To draw closer to him. This thing has grown on me. (laughs) This James souffle. Just kept rising. (laughs) You could eat James a long time. (laughs) Draw near to God. 
and he will draw near to you. Come close to him and he'll come close to you. How many say that's some good eating right there? That's some good eating. Thank you, Lord. Luke 5. Luke 5. Verse 15. Space is real. The stars and the planets are real. Because God is real. It all came out of him. And you see, you see so much about God by looking at his creation. <laughs> He's got to be big. Is that right? How big is he? He's got to be powerful. Is that right? And for him to know you by name in the vastness of this universe with billions of people alive on the planet right now and yet he knows your name and calls you his child. Not just a created being like an angel. Not just a servant. Now you ought to want to serve him and please him. But you're his child. You're his child. You're part of. How many parents would say your children are part of you? Is that right? They're part of you. They came out of you. They're part of you. You're God's kids. You're God's sons and daughters. You're part of him. Hallelujah. He has a permanent plan, eternal plan, maybe a better word I should use, for us to work with him in his vision for the universe. He needs people he can trust. He's had real issues with it in the past. His creation has rebelled against him and been unfaithful to him probably more times than we even know about through the billions of years. He is looking for somebody he can trust that he can turn over vast authority and power to. How would you know who you can trust and who you can't? There's only one way. Put them in a situation where they can do anything they want to. (laughs) See what they do. Give them longer than five minutes to prove out what they're going to do. Like a lifetime. (laughs) 70, 80, 100 years, whatever, 120. And I mean, if you don't decide to love him and serve him in 100 years... You probably ain't going to. He would know. Wouldn't he? But if. In our ignorance. In our immaturity. With the curse. And all the stuff around. If we would stick our little heads up and say. I believe you anyhow Lord. (laughs) And I will do what you say. I don't have to understand it. And we do that. Year after year. And decade after decade. He's got him a man. He's got him a woman. Come on, are you listening? He's got him somebody he can trust. And he's going to say, well done. Well done. You've been faithful over a few little things down there. I'm going to make you ruler 
over much. Now, we're not reckoning what God calls much. <laughs> but the qualifications needed to handle that will have been developed here in this life. The faith and the faithfulness, the obedience, the submission. He needs somebody that's not going to argue with him. How many think God knows what he's doing? Right? People are the ones confused. (laughs) If a zillion years from now, he's put you in charge of some things that affect a solar system. (laughs) And he said that rotation of those planets and moons need to be clockwise. (laughs) And you go, I like counterclockwise. I want to (laughs) run. You could mess up a whole planet. Is that right? If you won't obey him with this little stuff down here, he couldn't trust you with any big stuff. Now, I don't know for sure that that's how it's going to be, but I know it's going to be big stuff. Is that right? Because if he says much, it's going to be big. That's not his challenge. His challenge is finding people he can trust. People that genuinely love him for him. Just like us with each other. Not just what he can do for us or what we can get out of him. But people that genuinely love him for him and want to be with him. And want to be around him. And not just get us to help us do our thing, but we want to do your thing, Lord. Acknowledging how big he is and what he is. Well, the closer you get to him, you're going to sense more of him. Just like if you head towards our star, how many think it's going to get hotter? (laughs) Is that right? There's a lot of folks, people talk about it getting cold in Florida down here. I don't think our northern friends would agree. (laughs) But it is actually cold some places up north. And if you're cold... And there's a nice fire going in the fireplace. And you're standing across on the other side of the room. And you're cold. Come on, tell me. What do you need to do? Help help me out. You can stay over there and cry about how cold you are. And you wish the Lord would do something. Well, there's a nice fire right over there on the other side of the room. Do you want to get warm? Do you want to feel the power? Come on, are you listening? Then it's not up to the fire to move to you. It's up to you to get close. Oh, somebody say, move closer. Move closer closer to the fire. Draw nigh to the fire. Is that right? And as closer you get, what are you going to do? You're going to go, ah, ah. You're feeling the power of the fire. The heat is the power of the fire. And the closer we draw to him, you're going to sense his power more and more and more until we leave here and go all the way. God time is just a few minutes because a thousand years to him is like a day. God time in just a few minutes, all of us will be at the throne. Just a few more minutes, God time. 
we'll all be there. Wonder what it'll be like. Our brother, dear brother Jesse Duplantis, uh, tells of how the Lord gave him an experience of going to uh, heaven. And he said the Lord let him see some things. Among other things, he saw, he said, uh, everybody that came in, that had died coming in, they all want to go towards the throne. And he said the elevation rises. Everything just keeps rising. He talked about paradise and and, um, some other things that he saw. But he said the closer he got, he just kept feeling so weak. (laughs) And the angel would give him fruit to eat and say, eat this. He said it was copper colored. And he'd eat it and he'd get some strength. And he could come on a little closer. Why? Getting closer to what? The, not, not just power. The power of everything. Hallelujah. And he said he finally got to the throne. And uh, he said he couldn't even raise his head. He's bent over and he couldn't even raise his head. He just there limp. (laughs) And the angel is feeding him some stuff. (laughs) Trying to help him out. And he said he saw these huge angels flying around. Going holy. Holy. Holy, flying around. And he said he didn't see the the father's face and head, but he saw a throne and he saw a form of one sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said from his loins down, he's fire. From his loins up, he's fire. You know what color God is? You hear people saying stupid things. Is God black? Is God white? Is God Asian or Hispanic? Brown? What color is God? God is fire colored. You know what color fire is? You see all those colors. Won't you in the fire? You see red? You see yellow? You see, ever seen a blue flame? Guess it depends on which side you're looking at and, and how and when. And he said those big angels were flying around saying holy and he said he saw the the father move his little finger like that when one of the, and he said the angel that flew by would just plastered up against the, the the side boom shook himself off because the father moved his finger think about the power emanating out of the throne now i know there's a lot of people in the world don't believe this now yeah. <laughs> One day. But seconds after people last, draw their last breath, there are no agnostics. There are no atheists past this life. And do you really want to wait till then to find out that you were wrong? And people ask me, well, what if there is no God? What if there is no heaven? What if there is no hell? I said this to one. I didn't think it up. Just came up out of my spirit. I said, "I'm I'm just sure. If there was now, I don't. I'm convinced there is. But like you say, what if? What if you die, preacher man, and there is no God, and there's no heaven, there's no hell. That's it. Lights out. You're. That's it. I said, I don't think with my last breath I'm going to say. Wish I'd have been more selfish. <laughs> <laughs> If you really 
walking with the Lord. Yeah, you'll make some sacrifices for the kingdom, but you're having a good life right here and now. This is the best quality life you can have in this world. It doesn't get any better than this. Hallelujah. Heart contentment, soul fulfillment does not come from bunches of money and things and having your picture on the magazine or the TV. Some of the people that have reached the heights of their success without God are some of the most miserable people on the planet because they kept thinking that would fulfill me and it doesn't. Oh, you might be enamored with it for a little while, but then when you go home by yourself and you lay down and you're still you (laughs) and you realize you might be the hot potato right now, but in about 15 minutes, somebody else is going to be the new thing. Is that right? And you're going to be last year's news. And what's it all about? And what's it all for? And yeah, everybody may be calling you because you're selling a lot of records or because you're making a lot of money or whatever. But are they really your friend? No. Do they really care about you? No. And relationship after relationship that you've messed up because you're living only for you. That is not the pinnacle of life on the earth. Amen. Jesus said, this is eternal life. To know him. Oh, somebody say to know him. To know him. That is life. Oh, hallelujah. You reckon we're going to get to Luke tonight? Let's read it. We may have to finish this more later. But Luke, the fifth chapter. I believe it's been good to talk about some of these other things. Are we talking about fantasy when we talk about heaven? We're talking about the Father, talking about the throne. It's real. It's not how some people have imagined it in their religious constraints. It's real. People stare up in the night sky and go, wonder if there's life out there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's not little green men. (laughs) It's the Almighty and the saints that have lived before. Hallelujah. And mighty angels that are not human. That are extraterrestrials. They're not human. And who knows what else the Lord has. But I know this. He's the head of it. Hallelujah. All of it has come out of him. How do you know that? Because he said so. You know God has a sense of humor. He's funny. He is. He's really funny. He'll make you laugh if you listen to him. Something he said in the scriptures in one of the prophets. He said, uh, is there another God beside me? He said, I know not of any. That's a God joke. (laughs) Well, God, don't you know everything? Right. (laughs) Well, if he doesn't know of any other gods, what does that mean? There ain't none. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 5, 15. It says, So much the more when a fame abroad of Jesus and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. 
Why would he do that? He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. Well, when is he hearing all these things? When is he seeing all these things? That could have been any time during the night or day, but Jesus did a lot of praying. Didn't he? Here's a thought. If Jesus needed to pray, you need to pray. Is that right? If Jesus sometimes needed to pray all night long, then there are times you and me should pray all night long. What are you doing when you're praying? Well, you're drawing near to him. Is that right? You're drawing close to him. You want to hear from him. Is that right? You want to see things from him. You want to get things from him. This is not something you just do with your friends. This is not something you just do when you come to church like this. This is just you wanting to get close to him. There's a number of folks. They only pray when somebody's around. They just they don't they hardly ever pray by themselves. Well, that's not good. You don't do things to be seen. You do it because he's real. And you want to hear from him. And tell me what he said would happen when you begin to draw close to him. You begin to say, Lord, uh, Lord, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to get closer to you. I'm telling you, friend, if you put your mind, if you get your mind off all the junk of the day and everything that everybody's said and done, come on, are you with me? And if you'll just put your mind only on him and open your heart to him and reach out toward him, the next thing you know, you'll be feeling some more heat. You know what I mean by that? Next thing you know, you'll be sensing his presence because what did he say? You come close to me and I'm going to come close to you. Hallelujah. And what if you just keep doing that? Hour after hour. You just keep reaching, wanting to get closer. Wanting to get closer. He's in you. And yet his presence is not manifested the same all the time around you. But you're reaching with your faith. I want to see more of you. I want to know more about you. You get closer to the fire. You're going to feel the heat. (laughs) And it's a good heat. Jesus withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day. As he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present as added, but it was there. To heal them. Remember we talked about. The son of righteousness. Has arisen with what? Healing in his rays. In his beams. Hallelujah. Well. He was there. And the anointing was on him. And he's ministering. So what's what's emanating? Healing is there. Because the anointing is there. Now, Jesus is operating as a man, but that anointing is on him. That anointing is a manifestation of the power of God. And in that anointing is healing. And yet, if you read the whole passage, no healing is occurring. Even though it was there. Why? 
Because these knuckleheads <laughs> don't want to be close to him. They are there to find fault. They don't want a relationship with him. They want to get him in trouble with the authorities. Somebody say, dumb, dumb. <laughs> the power of the Lord was present to heal them. None of them are benefiting from it. Can you be very close to something and yet be far off from it at the same time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's had any close relationships before, no. You can be sitting at the same table and feel like the Gulf of Mexico is between you. (laughs) Why? Because even though physically you might be close, in heart... You're far apart. And so, even though the scripture says also that God's not far from any one of us, his presence is everywhere. And yet, he keeps talking about, come close to me. And he talks about individuals that are close, try to come close with their mouth, he said, but their heart is far from me. Is that right? So how do you draw close to God? Only one way. With your heart. You can talk a lot of stuff, but that don't get you closer to God. You can yell and scream and quote scriptures. But what's the Lord always looking at? He's always looking at your heart. And when you begin to desire him and want to be closer to him, and you you begin to reach out in your heart, that you really care about him and you want to know him, you want to be closer to him, then you really are moving closer to him. And what do you say he's going to do? He's going to move closer to you. You're going to experience something of his presence. Keep reading. The power is there, verse 18. Because they don't want to be close to him, they're not experiencing any of it. But there were some guys outside <laughs> that were physically farther away. But you know what they had? They had faith in the power. And they believed the power was in there where the master was. They had heard about the anointing on him and about people touching him and getting healed and lepers being cleansed and lame walking and blind seeing and dumb talking. And they heard about it. They heard about it. And I don't know how it started, but either the friends contacted him and said, hey, we've heard about these meetings. People are getting healed. You got to get there. Or he got word to them. I can't go, but will you come get me? Is that right? Yeah. But this man who can't walk, confined to his house or his stretcher, whatever, his four buddies came. And what did they, what's their, what's their mission? We got to get him closer to the power. Is that right? We got people sitting right next to the power, getting nothing. Because their heart is far away. 
But we got some people outside. They did not have reserve parking. Or reserve seating. All the reserve parking was taken up with the white Mercedes donkeys. And the, and the silver Lexus donkeys. Come on, are you listening? And all the big wig preachers. That's right. They were in there. And yet, they didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't care. They're in there taking notes to find fault and take apart what Jesus said. To turn him into the authorities. To get him in trouble. And you know people like that that's as ornery as that. Going to need some healing. You know they had stomach problems. Migraines. All kind of stuff wrong with heart problems. And they desperately needed the healing that was inches from them. And they're getting none of it. Because of their stinky attitude. And their heart. But these old boys. Outside, they got faith. They don't have a parking place. They don't have a silver Mercedes donkey. But they got faith in the power. Come on. They got faith in the power. He does. Jim Bob does. Joe does. Brian does. Huh? Billy Ray does. And they couldn't get him in. They couldn't get him through the door. They're convinced. There's healing power in there. There's healing power in there. They couldn't get him in. They went around every door. They went around every window. No getting in. No getting in. No getting in. And they looked around and they looked around. They said, God, you got to help us. They looked up. God, you. And they saw the roof. (laughs) I mean, when you've looked everywhere else, go ahead and look on up. Is that right? Look up. And they said, well, ain't nobody up there. Not a soul uh-huh. on the roof. And they got up there and they tore off the shingles. Yeah. What are they, come on, tell me, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to do? Get closer. Get closer. Get closer. And, and they had enough faith to push through any obstacle that was between them and getting close to the master. And getting close to the healing and getting close to the power. How many know you don't have to break through somebody's roof today, but you will have to push through some things that will try to. Is that right? You will have to be persistent and keep pushing and drawing close and say, no, I'm not letting anything hold me out from this. And boy, the the shingles pulled off and the dust trickled down and and dirt and and drywall got in the preacher's hairdos. And you know how preachers can be about their hair. Whoa, man. That was... Uh, <laughs> and uh, they lowered him down. Can you picture him? He's coming down smiling. <laughs> because they put him right in front of Jesus. <laughs> and whether he knew it or not, he was going, mmm, mmm, mmm. Power was there. Hallelujah. More than enough to heal his little problem. Is that right? More than enough. Glory to God. (laughs) And for more teaching materials, (laughs) contact More Life Ministries. Actually, I'm going to quit right here.
And, and if, unless the Lord says something different, well, can you remember where we are? Yes. The man's in front of Jesus. Is that right? The power's going. <laughs> is that right? Okay, stand up. You got it. <laughs> This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.